This episode of Sis Who is brought to you by Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson, an astonishing, uh, some say life-changing mystery romp, a book that quite honestly, once you read it, um, you don't go back. You don't read other books. You leave your old life behind. You, you leave your family. You leave your friends. You burn your house down. You burn your fingerprints off with acid. You start to wander. You don't know where you're going to end up or, or why, but you know that every day is a, is a, new, is a new start for you. you. You start walking down a road that seems familiar, and then as it becomes unfamiliar, it becomes more familiar. It's, it's Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. It's not a book. It's a threat. I will find you. Available from HarperCollins. Anywhere books are sold. And some places they aren't. All right, Dan. Welcome. Are you feeling ready to record today, Dan? I have a bit of a head cold. I'm going to apologize. <clears throat> I'm going to apologize in advance for a lot of coughing and and uh, and nose blowing. All right. Well, I think uh, I think people can handle that. It's it's because it's been people a love that. love that, especially in audio. And it's because yeah. it's uh, it's April. It's snowing. Yeah, people understand. It's not snowing here in Chicago. 70 degrees. Sunny. Stop it. Just nice. stop it. Just stop it's it. It's nice. I Wearing shorts. I know you're lying to me. I'm not. It's beautiful. And it, how's the political weather? How's that? How's that, Dan? Stormy. Yes. Uh. Everything is bad. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's food in a box. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. And Maureen, you sound a little different. You sound a little less closety today. I'm not in a closet, Dan. I'm just in a room. Do you want to know why? Yes. I am, well, I am not where I usually would be. You're not in the fine city of New York? Nope. No, I'm sitting in my old bedroom outside of Philadelphia. Actually, approximately where I'm sitting is where my... Where I, so I'm, I'm sitting exactly where my high school desk was. So that's a real nice... It's a different desk, but it's, you know... It's nice. I'm feeling very much like this is the view I would have had. Um, do you want to know why I'm not in, in, uh, in New York? I would love to know why. Oh, well, I'll tell you. Um... A week ago, in fact, exactly a week ago right now, uh, I was in a car heading here. You see, about a week ago or so, the building, and I, I, I live in a place where they own more than one building, they decided that because the person who lived above us was no longer there, that they... See, whenever this company gets a chance to make a lot more money, they take it. And yep. the way... Yeah, the way they did that is that they are gutting the apartment above us. Now, normally that's, you know, I understand that things must happen, but um, our building is old and everything is concrete, which means that all well, of a sudden, nice. yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, Dan, it's really nice because it means that all of a sudden there were uh, jackhammers. They cut, uh, they just clubbed out a tub with hammers and jackhammers and chisels and what it sounded like a chainsaw. Um, it happened on a couple hours on Friday, which I fled the apartment. It started again on Monday and it was so loud then it actually, I put an app on my phone. I had to run out of the apartment. Oh my goodness. Hide in the hallway because oh, it was so gravy. It was, oh, it's back. I think it really works, Dan. Thank you. As it, it's really, uh, it was over a hundred decibels in there. Oh boy. Which uh, the city of New York compares to the sound of a train and is definitely dangerous. So uh, I ended up changing my dog's chemo appointments, taking for her for an emergency chemo appointment, finding someone to drive us to Philadelphia, and then basically vacating the apartment within with enough stuff to go for, I don't know, about two weeks or so, and just leaving. You're out. 
You were all I jouncing left, out. Uh, I left when part of the ceiling started to come down well, from the noise. That's yeah. a real nice thing. Yeah. Do you know if you even have an apartment? It is there because my other half is there and it's okay at night. Um, and when I contacted the building management, they were like, well, this is all legal. And uh, I said, 100 decibels is not legal. That's actually injurious. And I couldn't be in there. And they sort of said, tough. So that's going well. It's going well. So I've been in Philadelphia for a week. Well, I've heard Philadelphia is beautiful this time of year. So um, I'm feeling pretty, pretty well disposed towards the man right about now. Uh, I also got an email from them this morning uh, that went to everybody in the in the area because they uh, completely fucked up running the annual Easter egg hunt, and they <laughs> sent a they sent this email of ultimate sadness that was like we were all affected by the tragedy of the Easter egg hunt, and we we tried we didn't want what happened last year it to happen again, but somehow we've made it even worse. So these people can't even run an Easter wow. egg hunt. Then. They were like yeah. their lives were not lost in vain. Kind of. This email was very dramatic. We're sorry that we accidentally replaced the candy and the eggs with raw meat. These Don't people, eat the egg meat. They can't do anything. <sighs> That's exciting. That's some exciting stuff. Well, it's not not exciting. Dan, how's it, how's it there where you are? How are well, you coping? I have a head cold. So that's fun. I am. I will say I'm on the waning end of the head cold. But one of the things that tends to irritate the head cold is talking. So the mm. good news is I don't have any talking that I need to do immediately. Uh, so I may end up kind of coughing a bunch. I apologize. But uh, you know, things are all right. Things are OK. Uh, beautiful Chicago spring weather, naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar to all the other weather in Chicago, but nice. It's very nice here right now. And uh, <coughs> especially excited because the ongoing story uh, that I have been telling throughout the last, what, good Lord, six months of mm-hmm. Says Who or more is uh, my partner Janice's ongoing uh, battle with breast cancer. And very excitedly, uh, as of when this will air, she will only have three more radiation appointments, Maureen, and then she is essentially done. Yes! It is pretty damn exciting. It's pretty great. She's a fucking superstar. That's amazing. She's done it. She's all but done it at this point. We can now, even as we record, we record this a couple days before it came out, comes out. Uh, I can count, we can count how many she has left on one hand, which is pretty exciting. Well, that is... That is to the max. It is to the max. It is to the max. We're taking it back. In fact, you know how much we're taking it back, Maureen? Tell I don't me. even know if you know this. We're going to Disney at the end of the month. Shut up. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> we're celebrating. We're celebrating the end of cancer and the long run that my whole fam had to deal with it. Uh, we are canceled Thanksgiving Day trip to Disney uh, has been brought up as a pull the damn kids out of school and just go have fun and celebrate the fact that everyone's living. That's amazing. Yeah, we're taking it. We're taking it. 2008 is is to the max now. It has felt very to the max, but now it that's to the max. Yep, we're taking it to the max. We're going for a whole week. It's going to be nice. It's also going to be warm. Which isn't that big a change from the balmy Chicago springtime, but yeah, so you say. We'll have, uh, we'll have, yeah, you know, we'll have uh, characters walking around too. Well, so it'll be different. It'll be different because there are certainly no characters walking around in our day to day lives now, are there, Dan? Well, Maureen. Well, Dan. Well, Maureen. I feel like we're getting more professional in the way we set up these remarks. It's pretty impressive. Um, But there has been a lot, a lot. I've been, because also this last week, um, conveniently, I've been on a deadline, which is a great time to have your house fall down. So uh, I have tried not to look at as much news. Well, Maureen, I have looked at news enough for the both of us. 
Tell me about this news. It all started, and amazingly, this was just two weeks ago, or less than two weeks ago even, uh, with the March for Our Lives on uh, on Saturday the 24th, which was amazing. Did you take part? Uh, well, I had another little... I've, Dan, Dan, things have not gone exactly to plan at all points. Um, I injured my ankle. I kind of was able to get near it and kind of hop along... <laughs> I kind of hopped like I was up. I was kind of like and then I it went past me like I was too late. And so I was kind of chasing it, but like not chasing it very fast. I was kind of hopping. And um, I don't know if that counts. Like, But I was definitely there in spirit. And then I got to see uh, one pro-Trump guy, which I took a picture of. And he had a a lawn sign on his front that still had the stake in the bottom, the big. Sure. And it, it was like a very weirdly assembled 20 fonts you know trump 2020 sign and he was just kind of standing in front of trump tower talking to no one and a group of about four or five nra supporters that looked like the it was like the most ragtag bag of heroes that you know it was it was like the bad news bears of nra supporters it was like the guy that the young guy who wears the the glasses at all times, who sort of looks like the like the Unabomber, and an angry suburban lady, and then uh, a guy with a beard who likes to yell at people's faces, and a guy with a flag. Like it was just they they were there and they were just there to be yelled at and yell. Well, mission accomplished for them. Then I watched them for a while, and. Kind of kept hopping. Did you go? Yep, we all went down to the one uh, to the one in Chicago, which was very big for being a um, a less than stellar weather day. To be quite honest, it was a little on the chilly side. But um, yeah, we went, and it was amazing. It was great. It was uh, it was it was all four of us. So it was it was it was me and Janice and the and the twelve year old and the two year old and uh. It was pretty great. It was um, easily, easily the best organized thing I have ever attended of that ilk. Um, Yeah. Including like the best sound system. Like I have never been to a rally where you can hear the speakers unless you are like right in the front. And uh, we were way in the back of a very large park and uh, we could hear and see everything incredibly. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, even I was noticing this, like you could tell the setup was like the best of everything. The social media, they even had a thing where anytime you posted about it, the account would auto send you a reply that was like, you know, thanks for posting about us. Here's a piece of video. Like it was all so well done. So, yeah, please, please do. I don't know who like. Obviously, it wasn't just four, you know, or five kids, but whoever, like, however that all came together through their leadership, um, the organization that came around this was so beautiful. And I feel like it was an example of something I talked about a long time ago when I met the woman who created the the Renaissance Fair, like, literally created the concept. And she talked about this thing she called the silver track yeah. that when you want to make something and it's time to make it and people are ready for it, then things, you know, people are out there with things and abilities and they come together. Yeah. And I felt like that was Phyllis's silver track really in action. Yeah, I would agree. I think the other thing that, that really stood out to, to me with the Chicago one, um, I mean, obviously Chicago maintains a sort of a a mythic place in in Trump's like shit talking, right? And uh due to gun violence in the in the city and that is a very different type of gun violence than the, you know, impetus that these marches were originally organized around. You know, the the violence that happens in Chicago is not a uh, 
you know, someone going in and shooting up a school. It's people who live in neighborhoods where this is their day to day reality. And the organizers actually did an incredible job of bringing in folks from of kids from all over the city to talk on stage about what they see and what they, and it was really pretty moving in that way and really kind of dealt head on with you know racial justice and police violence and all of this type of stuff that you that you don't necessarily hear in the national gun debate but certainly is a key component of really moving forward with this in a way that's equitable you know and so it was it was it was pretty great it was pretty great it was an amazing afternoon actually it was it was great it's it's really exciting to see you know people stepping you know all of these things coming together like the people who say you know the people that are representing and say you know gun violence police violence is gun violence yep and domestic assault is often gun violence and all of and and suicide is often gun violence and you know mass shootings in in workplace and schools and things is a, and it's it's a beast it's sort of like I I hesitate to use this word, and but let's see if you can if if this works and if you'll allow it. It's sort of like how cancer isn't just one disease, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's many many types of you know it's many, and this is it's many diseases as one um, is gun violence. So, but the root cause is all the, the gun is always at the base of it. So it was um it was to the max. It was. It was a. It was. That's. T- Look, that's that's. How, we're starting off with some real to the max stuff, Dan. We are. And then the next day, Maureen, <laughs> just to, was fine. Just to kick it even great. further to the max, Stormy Daniels went on sixty minutes. I love Stormy Daniels. She is amazing. I love her. I mean. <laughs> I want Stormy every day. Do you follow her on Twitter now? She is the best. She is amazing. I've never seen someone so effortlessly roast everyone that fucking comes at her. It is a joy. (laughs) It is a joy to see. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. um, And uh, she was. She was great. What? So let's talk a little, because maybe not everybody watched it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you did. But uh, here it says, "Who we're here to watch TV for you that you don't want to watch. It's true. Um, so first of all, hats off to Anderson Cooper, that 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 steely-eyed wonder boy. Um, for it was also a really notable conversation and how dignified nobody, you know, what Stormy does is she makes adult entertainment. She is a, I guess, the producer, director, owner of the studio, yeah. I think. She owns her own studio. And she's very, with with all good reason, she's very serious about her work. She's like, this is what I do. And I'm proud of it. And there was no ickiness around talking to her about her, her work. Nope. She was She was taken with the seriousness that she deserves. And Um, there was also not a huge amount of focus on the more kind of like, you know, titillating details of, of the affair, which I actually thought was pretty interesting. I was really not expecting a huge chunk of that interview to be dedicated to like campaign finance violations, which was, you know, really quite surprising and, and actually pretty welcome, I think as well. Yeah, welcome. You know why? Because none of us wanted to hear what his junk looks like. This is true. We know it's coming. We all know it's coming. Yeah, that is we coming. All, we all know that's the reality of 2018 is that, Dan, at some point, not just you, but your children are going to find it all about Trump's junk. Yeah. Yeah, I once again, so the only TV in our house that has cable is in uh, is in my son's bedroom. <laughs> And mm-hmm. so I had to be that like, seems like a good decision I, right now. Yeah. I had to be like, son, I'm going into your bedroom for an hour. Don't come in and don't <laughs> ask me why. 
that went well, over good, well. Yeah, the good thing is that it doesn't sound creepy. No, not in the least. And then the best part is it's like, you know, any 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 drilling into that, which thankfully there was not a lot, only would have gotten creepier. <laughs> Like, well, she's an adult film actress, son. <laughs> like, oh no, no. All right. Actually, yeah. Let Let's figure this one out. So, I'll. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be your son, but I'm gonna be a a child. All right. Explain this to me. Uh, hey, child. I I'm gonna What's need up? to use. What's I'm, up? I'm I'm using my phone. It's true. I need you to look away from your phone for just what? a minute. I need you to focus in on me. Blink, uh, blink. I need to use your TV for about an hour tonight, and what? Uh, I'm gonna for what, Dad? Uh, there's a show on that I need to. What is it? I, I like to watch see. a show with you, Dad. I love you, and I want to spend time with you. And I appreciate that a lot. And I also want to spend time with you. But this is really uh, just a new show. It's a Trump thing for the. Podcast. I like the news. I like the news. I'll watch it with you. Well, I I appreciate that. This is. You know how we've talked before about how Trump has done some gross stuff. This is yeah, this is digging like into that thing, like how he doesn't poop at home. Yeah, yeah. Or he only poops at home. Which is it, Dad? He only poops at home, son. Why do you know so much about the president's pooping habits, Dad? It's a it's a it's a pastime for me for me, son. Okay, but uh, is it your job? It's sort of my job. Okay. Somebody needs to keep an eye on that. But uh, this is a different thing that's gross that he does or that he What's, did. What is it? What is it? Uh, I don't really want to get into too much detail about it, but I'm just going to watch for a bit and then we'll come out and do something. I feel weird. As do I. Was it sort of like that? It was very similar to that. Okay. He did. He I, I would say he shrugged and went back to his phone quickly thereafter, uh, mm -hmm. a little less persistent. But um, but still, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's 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 easily a whole book at some point about all the horrible conversations you have to have with a child as a parent in the Trump era. Do you think it's changed parenting? For the worse. Hmm. But the thing that's interesting to me about Stormy was two things. Well, three things. One, she was awesome. Like, there was not a moment where it felt like you were not hearing the thing that happened to a real person. You know, like, it didn't feel rehearsed. It didn't feel the embellished or anything like that. But the thing that's most interesting to me, the thing that's the, the weirdest thing to me about the fact that they are attempting to sort of deny that this ever happened is the fact that she was interviewed by in touch magazine uh back in 2011 so before the nda that they had her sign that trump didn't sign that is now kind of a, a questionable thing and she told in touch you know this was before trump was running for president this was just i had an affair with uh with donald trump here's the deal and there was no detail that she gave about the affair that was not corroborated by the interview that she gave years ago. There was no deviation from facts or things like that. Like, this is very, very clear. The other thing that was interesting was that this same week, Anderson Cooper, who seems to be this is his beat now, I guess, um, also did an interview not on 60 Minutes, but on the AC. 360 or whatever his show is called entertainment 720 um with karen mcdougall who is a former playboy playmate who also had an affair with donald trump at essentially the same time as stormy daniels um and who had her story bought uh not by michael cohen but by uh, American media, which is the owners of the National Enquirer, and they apparently um, do a thing that they call catch and kill for famous people they know, or they will buy the rights to a story specifically to not run it to curry favor with famous people of which Donald Trump is like actually legit friends with the CEO of AMI. Um, and she is now suing over that contract because what she alleges is that the lawyer that she worked with at the time was actually working with Michael Cohen and they undersold her and he was in on the negotiation on both sides and you know just sort of was 
not not actually dealt uh in a fair and just and legal way um and so like all of this stuff is happening at the same time and all of the stories tend to go together pretty damn well yeah they really dovetail quite a lot and the common thread seems to be that he compares them to ivanka yeah like he cannot just cannot quit that no that's like his his way of complimenting a woman yeah that's definitely his thing that is not a that is do you look like my daughter all right and then they're all he's very gentlemanly once he you look like my daughter come this way uh (laughs) the only part that was uh she says she uses the restroom and she comes back and he's perched on the end of the bed yeah and I want to think he's kind of, I know what she means probably, but I want to think that she's, he's sort of, he's kind of squatting on it like a gargoyle. <laughs> His feet beneath yeah. him. <laughs> he's just kind of, yeah, he's kind of squatting on the end like, he might take flight at any moment. Uh, he just say, I fly, and then he leaves. Uh, if he only, if only he had left. No, it's not what he does. It's not what he does. Um. And I also, what my favorite part of the interview was this just a little tiny bit of stage business where she's clearly remembering this and she's kind of reenacting it. And she says that he's got this magazine that he's, he's on the cover of. And she's like, someone should spank you with that. Put on your pants. And he's like, what? And she's like, come on, do it. And so he does it and she puts out her hand. She's like, give it. She takes it. And she whacks him with it. And then he's like, yeah, hey, I like you. It give us, it just opened a little w- First of all, I like just the way she did that. Like, yeah, just give it. But then you get this little window into his psyche. Just a little uh, cracks it open. And you're like, hmm, I see. You want, it likes are your daughter and being bossed around and uh, room service. And Shark Week. And Shark Week. Yeah. Yeah. But what uh, my my favorite thing, so uh, uh, one of my favorite things post-interview, because also in the interview, sh- she was asked, did you find him attractive? And she was like, no. <laughs> like, like, just like laughed and said no, right? And then uh, when asked if there was any additional kind of, that you know they met a few more times over the course of a year but they never apparently had sex again and she was just like no i was not gonna do that again and so then uh it leaked out i forget in what which of the kind of more insidery political things the next day that trump was telling people that she was not his type which is amazing I can only imagine that as he watched that there were M&Ms being thrown at the wall. Yeah. So some other things have happened. Yes. So basically Trump has been in sort of an ever escalating shit fittery uh, ever since Stormy Daniels yet has never once mentioned her name. And this is the thing that is truly interesting to me. Like last time I on says who I mentioned, like it's been interesting to watch the Stormy Daniels story kind of finally take hold at the same time as the Parkland kids have been able to get their message through. And like, these are two of the few things that have actually broken through the kind of like Trump scandal outrage whirlwind. Well, these are also the only two people that he will not tweet about. (laughs) He still has not mentioned the Parkland kids, which is amazing because they are getting hit on all sides by Fox people and, you know, Ted Nugent and people like that. Like they're taking on a lot of hits from the people that he pays attention to. And yet he still isn't touching them, which is shocking to me yeah it really is and 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 doesn't mention them like has never even sidewind men- mentioned them and he has not mentioned stormy daniels like they somehow he knows enough to know to not touch either of those which is <laughs> but he but how dan because he doesn't know anything it's remarkable isn't it 
Hmm. But he has now. But, but, I feel like we're gonna have to open up a private detective agency yeah. to figure this one out. It's a thing. I mean, I think the same way. Like, I, I mean, for as much of a of a idiot man he is, right? As little as the thoughts that cross his head uh, have any real weight to them, he does understand at a pretty instinctive level how media works right and how mm -hmm. to work that media and i think he recognizes like oh shit like this these are two things that are that are getting ground i can't like he seems to know like oh fire hot on those like I, yeah i guess it's sort of like where my dog knows where to poop right exactly she's like not here not here here right but not here same thing like he knows like avoid it go to it like same level of instinct, but it is pretty remarkable to see him actually have some level of discipline with messaging when he has it also nowhere else. Let's never compare him to dogs again because dogs are perfect. It's true. I would like to formally apologize to dogs. You know what I have seen here in Philly is there's a raccoon that comes every night and it is a big ass raccoon, Dan. Whoa. It's like a 20-pounder raccoon. What do you mean comes here every night? Every night. So where my parents live, this backyard faces some water, and there's a little back deck with some stairs. And every night, this raccoon, dump, 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 up the steps. And it puts on an auto, so the automatic light switches on. So I know he's, the, I know he's out there. And I look through the blinds, and he's directly outside, and he just kind of looks at me, and I'm like, sup and he's like sup i've come to eat from the bird feeders and i'm like ah, you shouldn't but he's like i'm gonna and so he gets up on the on the rail and he like does this little magic dun, 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 with his fingers and like he has all these systems for getting the bird feeders and then if you kind of tap on the glass he's like i guess i'll get down and then he hides under this little table and he kind of peers out like are you gone it's kind of amazing it's not what we're talking about, but... I think that we have successfully avoided the elephant in the room, but I'm going to just go right for it now, Maureen. Which is last episode. You were asking about my predictions around whether Trump was going to fire Robert Mueller. Yes, I was, And Dan. I think I said something to the effect of, as long as he keeps the legal folks around him intact, he's not going to. But if he changes up, then all bets are off. And then I decided to just go for broke. And I widened that to say that's really true with a lot of things, including like nuclear war with North Korea. As long as the sort of, uh, you know, somewhat moderating people that are in those positions are around him, then that the, the worst things aren't going to happen there. But if they change... All bets are off. And then Maureen, almost immediately, mm -hmm. all bets were off. You don't say. Because it started a domino of firings and hirings and just, it has been a real amazing two weeks in terms of staffing at the White House. Whew. I feel like there should be music under this part. Yeah, like yakety sax or something. Um, so what has been going on with staffing in the legal department at the White House. Well, in literally the two weeks since we've recorded, uh, John Dowd, that is the lawyer that was sort of heading up Trump's personal response to the Mueller investigation, also known for writing all of his emails in Purple Comic Sans because he is a very serious lawyer. He left essentially, I think, the day after our episode released, uh, largely over disagreements on whether or not Trump should speak with Mueller. He really thinks Trump shouldn't. Trump definitely thinks he should. 
Uh, and in last episode, we discussed uh, a husband and wife team of Fox News legal pundits who were being hired by uh, Trump. They have already been unhired by Trump. So he's he's basically got one person representing in the Mueller case uh, who's also a talk radio and Fox News guy, Jay Sekulow, uh, because Ty Cobb, who also may be fired at some point soon, uh, actually represents the White House, not Trump personally. But so Purple Comic Sans guy's out. Mm-hmm. H.R. McMaster, National Security Advisor, was fired via tweet and was then replaced by John Bolton, who looks like a skinny, evil Wilford Brimley and is super war crazy, including advocating for first strike against North Korea, which is great. Uh, and then uh, just the other day, the head of the VA, David Shulkin, uh, was fired also via tweet. Um, and Trump's chosen replacement is the military doctor who just declared him six foot three, one pound below obese and mentally fit. And hot as fuck. Yeah. So that's awesome. Those that that was a busy couple of weeks. And that's not even everyone who has been fired in the last month. We had obviously Andrew McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, who was thrown out 26 hours before he was supposed to retire and get his pension. We had Secretary of State Rex Tillerson fired while pooping on an airplane. Uh, Hope Hicks, his uh, another woman who he has often compared to his daughter, uh, former model, then turned White House communications director, uh, and one of his apparently only final confidants uh, in the White House. Uh, her last day was uh, just this past Friday. And Gary Cohn, the National Economic Council head and Trump's chief economic advisor, also out in the last month. But surely this pattern will stop. Well, Maureen, it's funny you should say that. It's almost like you were looking at the script I produced. It's not. It's not over yet. It's In fact, it's rumored that John Kelly, chief of staff, the guy who was hired to calm Trump down and has done a real bang-up job on that, uh, may in fact be fired and not replaced at all because Trump has decided that he, in addition to thinking that maybe he should just represent himself against Mueller, uh, thinks that maybe he should be his own chief of staff, which is how he thought of himself back in the Trump organization. Ben Carson could be out soon because he's getting too much attention for buying a $31,000 dining set uh, at the Housing and Urban Development Office. And Scott Pruitt, the head of the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, he apparently has been renting a house from an energy company lobbyist uh, for $50 a night which is not the going rate for renting a house in Washington, D.C. Sure, okay. Um, what other jobs are there? There, there are still people doing things. The, uh, there, there was a great, uh, actually by friend of the show, Olivia Nuzzi wrote a pretty great piece looking at the various folks jockeying for position to take Hope Hicks uh, our, uh, position, which is well worth reading if you want to feel really sick after reading something. Yeah, the way that Hope Hicks, they kind of sent, they had this very elaborate send-off to her. And you may hear the, the ringing phone in the background, as, as I say. Is it Hope Hicks calling? Hold on, I'll find out. Hello? Yes. Well, I, I would like a job. I, I do have, I have media experience. Yeah, I, well, I write books. Yeah, they're published. Yeah. I'll be right back then. Uh, actually, I do a podcast. I'm doing it right now. Yep. I have heard of Trump. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't look like Ivanka, but I am a girl. Okay. I am available. I'm, I mean, I'm busy, uh, but I can, um, 
oh, that's, a, uh, I mean, well, I mean, it's not that I'm squeamish, but I don't really want to hand someone a phone when they're on the toilet, but I could, um, do they have to have, well, can they just bring it in themselves? Is it possible to slide it under the door? Get a second phone, maybe? I don't know. Has to be on the toilet. Well, do I have to be in there? Hold the roll, I see. Um, uh, the Maureen, whole time. Uh, Maureen, we are still recording. Sure. Uh, hold on one second, Dan. I think I'm, I think I got a job. Um, how much of this... Jo- so it's primarily in the bathroom? All right, I'll take the job. Yep. Okay, thanks. Dan, I got to go. Um, I have got a job. Oh, hey, I didn't know you were even looking for a job. Yeah, no, a creepy old guy once, uh, he uh, needs someone to talk to him while he's on the toilet and help him with the apps on his phone. Um, I realize that's a, this is a career change for me and it's 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 quick. It's not what I was expecting. Uh, I am an author. That's generally what I do. But, um, you know, a change is as good as a rest in a lot of ways. And they said I could um, uh, sit in the shower so I wouldn't have to see. Oh, well, that's that's a nice concession. But they did say I had to hold the toilet paper. So. This is, um, doesn't sound like the best uh, job in the world, Maureen. Uh, I've had weirder jobs. Oh, have you? I have. Well, do tell. Well, Dan, I mean, I, so when you're a writer, obviously you have to have, and I'm sure you've had unusual jobs. I have. I mean, I. in fact, I was thinking the other day when Ted Nugent came up that I've only ever met one Ted Nugent fan. And that was when I worked in the mall when I was in college and I had two jobs. I was a secretary during the day and I worked at this coffee store at night and it was pre-Starbucks. So it was like the coolest place to be was in this coffee shop. And we had a boss who was this guy that had a big mustache that he used to comb mm-hmm. And he had gotten so many DUIs that they had taken his they had taken his car away, and he had to live in the parking lot of the mall um, because he couldn't drive anywhere. And he would come over and he would sort of watch us clean up at night. And he would lean against the counter and comb his mustache and say, "You know who's great? Ted Nugent." Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And he used to talk about Ted Nugent all the time. It's the only person I've ever met that has. I, yeah. Come to think of it, I have never met a single Ted Nugent fan. That was the one I met. Um, I have worked. Um, I was hired once to be a fake employee. What? I'm sorry. Yeah, it <laughs> was like, yeah, it was a it was a company that wanted to look busier than it was for some investors. And they hired like 30 of us to be fake employees for a day. Wow. And they just told, yeah, they told us to wander around the, and it was like a startup thing where it had a basketball court inside and things like that. And they just said, wander around, use the phones, um, sit at the computers, copy stuff, um, occasionally walk around in groups and pretend to have a meeting. Um, and the whole day we just milled around and made phone calls and, um, just people we didn't know, we would just walk around and pretend to be in conference about stuff. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. My first job, Maureen, I worked at a bakery and I had to, I had to clean up and I would sit in the cooler where the cookies lived and I would sweep the cooler and then... It was a cookie party. I was 14 years old. I will admit that I ate a lot of cookies that I probably shouldn't have eaten. That's beautiful. That's amazing. It was amazing. Uh, Later on, I had a job uh, working for a housewares company in a mall. Uh, I was a stock boy and uh, but a basement stocker. So you would I was I was not deemed presentable enough to be stocking shelves up in the store with the actual customers. There was like a band of mutants that worked in the basement and I was one of them. And we would fill 
we, we would open boxes and stock shelves uh, in the basement and then we would pull stuff from the basement and leave it for the attractive upstairs stock people. Um, the cased system at the Crate and Barrel, you know, why not? Um, but the best thing was, Maureen, there was, I may have even talked about this on this podcast before now that I think about it, but there was a uh, an aisle in the basement that was only the pillows that we sold. And it was the, I would say the shelves were like 12 feet tall, I would guess. They were like little wheelable stair things that you could do to get to the up high parts. Uh, but the pillows were just stacked all the way to the top and you could crawl, you could climb up the shelves and then sort of launch yourself onto the top of the pillows. Um, it was wonderful. We had to be at work at five in the morning and I negotiated with my boss that we should all just short shift the stocking and give everyone 20 minutes of sleep at the top of the pillow pile. That's the best. It was the best. It helped that every single other person, I was like 16 years old. Every single other person was like a 23 year old stoner. So they were into it. But, um, but yeah, it was great. I still love the feel because you would sink a good like foot and a half when you'd lay into it. Oh, that sounds nice. It's pretty nice. I was a waitress at a haunted house restaurant. You sure were. So I probably talked about. Yeah. Uh, that's probably not unlike working in the White House. Everybody. So you're in a weird, large, multi-level building, which is full of cameras and microphones. There are a bunch of weird characters walking around. Um, a monster comes down from the ceiling three times it's, an hour. Yeah, that sounds right. You are imminently qualified. All the work is being done in the basement by a bunch of people that aren't being paid enough for it. Nothing works. No one knows how to use the phones. Uh, the food is terrible. And um, everyone yells at you. Yeah, that sounds right. I, you're imminently qualified. I think my main qualifications are that I actually had two jobs where I negotiated being able to sleep on the job. And that seems like that seems like a skill that they would that they would appreciate at the White House right now. I think the two of us should try to get some jobs there. I mean, I think that's probably why I got that call. Probably. Uh, yeah, I think uh, certainly they've got to be they've got to be willing at this point. Although it does turn out the Washington Post, actually, now that I think about it, uh, the Washington Post just over this weekend um, had a story about the office in the White House that's job is to vet people for jobs. This mm -hmm. might come as a shocker, Maureen, but they are not the sharpest knives in the drawer. What? Apparently... It is stocked with uh, uh, the staff is almost entirely folks whose only job experience before that was volunteering on the Trump campaign, which seems good when you're being asked to like vet, you know, folks for, you know, pretty major positions. And also it is apparently the vaping hangout at the White House. <gasps> Shut up. Yeah. I want to think it's that. It's that 12-year-old kid that was running the office out in Colorado, too. <laughs> or the or the nine-year-old kid that mowed the lawn. Yeah, the kid with the two of them. The Hello? Yes, yeah. this is the White House vetting office. Um, well, we are hiring, as a matter of fact. What is, what's your experience? Are you a girl? Oh, boy. What? Oh, boy. Hello? How do you, how does your previous employment record help you cope, Dan? Because this is a, this isn't a podcast; it's a coping strategy. How are you coping? Naps are important. I would say I'm not even kidding. Like I have had two jobs where I sat down and was like, "Look, we should be able to sleep," and they agreed. Uh, the second one was actually my uh, first uh, quote unquote real journalism job. I was working at the Chicago Reader in the production department. And the way, uh, that job worked was you worked incredibly long hours, like 14 hour days on production days. Uh, but they came in, uh, a big burst in the morning and then a long lull and then a big burst at night. And during that long lull, you were supposed to do busy work. And I basically sat down with my boss and I said, look, you know, I can do this job. I don't want to do the busy work. So the best incentive for me is to just do the job super slow to miss the busy work. But that kind of screws you. 
So how about I do it at the pace you know I can do it, but you let me sleep uh, uh, in between and just kick me when it's time to get going again. And then I'll get right back on it. And he thought about it for a while and then he agreed to it. Dan, are you some sort of boss whisperer? Sometimes you just got to point out that sleeping's good. I think that may- maybe, okay, that's Dan's coping. That's that's Dan's coping corner for today. Take a nap. It's it's good for you. I mean, I think the science has proven it's good for you. It's true. What about you, Maureen? What have you learned from your previous jobs that has helped you cope beyond Ted Nugent's awesome? Uh, I think I've learned. Well, waitress waitressing is actually the best preparation I've had for a lot of things because when you waitress you have to read the room really fast and find out how things are going to go. Um, and it's like, yeah, you got to know when to hold them and no one to fold them and no one to walk away and no one to run. Um, and you never count your money when you're sitting at the table. Whoa. It'd be time enough to count when the dealing's done. Uh-huh. I don't fucking know. I know that certain people, you know, you're just not going to get that tomato. So give up. You got no wind to hold them. No wind to fold them. No wind to walk away. No wind to run. The gambler, he just straight up dies in that song. True. Is that a good coping lesson? Sure, why not? I bet death is very relaxing. Jesus, Dan. <laughs> That's not going to relax the says who feels. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Listen, says Hoovians. Dan is very tired. Uh look, take a nap. Eat well. Uh no one to hold him. I like that song. That is a morbid song. Well, sure. I mean, don't say well, sure. You 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 ran Punk Planet magazine. Punk's not morbid. Punk's like it's to the max. Well, right, but the, you know the gambler isn't punk. The gambler's a sad country song. Okay, here are things we're learning. Also, you love Phil Collins. I do. Kenny Rogers. Not my favorite of country singers, but I like that song. It's a good song. What's wrong with that can, song? Can I tell you something? Yes. I hate country music. What? Like I, like I, like I hate, hate it. Really? Except uh, for Graham Parsons. Hmm. Who gets a pass? But you like stories? It's all story songs. It's all stories. It's okay. all stories of hard living. All right. Here's the thing. When I was a child, my father got a job. So his job transferred him to Texas for like two years when I was eight. And we would go down there and it was during the phase of like urban cowboyism. Oh, yeah. And so everybody had to wear hats and sort of act like they were in the show Dallas. And they did have a number of really spectacular country songs that I remember singing when I was a child, including Drop Kick Me Jesus Through the Goalpost of Life. Whoa. And I'm going to hire a wino to decorate our home. Okay. Um, so there were some really, uh, yeah, and I could sing these songs front to back as a child. Your exposure to um, the genre might be. Sub-op. Those songs are awesome. Okay. I mean, those, oh, oh, also the Oak Ridge Boys. Oof. They're good. Oof. Is it the Oak Ridge Boys that sing the song about, you know, um, counting shadows on the wall, doesn't bother me at all, smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo, that one? No, I don't Is think that the that's Oak the Oak Ridge Boys. Isn't it? No. Oh, well, that, I like whoever does that song. I think that's, I think that's much older. That's uh, yeah. It's awesome though. It's about it's about a guy who's like, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fucking fine. I'm smoking cigarettes. I'm watching See? Captain. I'm fucking fine. I'm, I'm eating Captain Crunch. See, scratching you my love balls. I'm music. Fine. You love it. I don't it's... though. I really All don't. Right. All right. I mean, if, if there and I know it's very popular, and a lot of Sisuvians are going to be upset with me, and I guess you should be, but like, there's there's no more chilling phrase to me than than contemporary country like i am oh well contemporary country is fucking terrible you know what i mean it just i'm done yeah. where's more no. she's gone she's run away yeah 
that kind of overproduced schlock, but that's true in any musical genre. Do you think Trump listens to music? No, I don't. I don't think he consumes any culture, really, other than apparently blood sport. He likes that. But otherwise, he just looks at things for he just looks at for things about him. I mean, it's very clear he doesn't listen to music or like music. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the various types of parties and things that he's had, including like the inauguration parties, which were like multi-million dollar affairs, they essentially hired like wedding bands. Mm-hmm. And everything he's ever done at Mar-a-Lago, it's like wedding bands level entertainment. It's not like you know, because there are certainly folks that he could bring in. Sure. Had Kid Rock hang out in the fucking Oval Office with him, but he won't perform. You know, like he doesn't he doesn't like I don't think he likes music. I don't think he likes music. I don't think he watches anything but television about himself. Um, Like he definitely consumes zero culture that challenges him or forces him to think. Well. If you know anything about Trump's taste in music or you want to make him a mixtape, let's make him a mixtape. Wait a minute, Dan. Now we figured it out. He needs a mixtape. That's what brings people around. Says who? Help us make a a mixtape for Trump. To make him see, to really get in touch with his feelings. Yeah. Send us tracks at says who podcast on Twitter. Or email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at sayswhopodcast.com. Or jump into our Facebook group at slash groups slash sayswhovians and put your thoughts there. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And remember, you're trying to make, you're trying to change his heart. So, you know, you want things that are moving, that kind of talk about love and relationship and feelings and and what how can we bring him around? We got and then we'll next time next episode we'll go through the mixtape. You know who's great for a mixtape? Ted Leo. He also performed our theme music. And you know who I bet made sweet mixtape covers back in their day? Darth. 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 We love Darth. Also designed our logo. Thank you, Darth. Thank you, Darth. Join us on uh, April 18th for our next episode. That'll be our 48th. And Dan, I, I want your prediction. Okay. Who will be, will anyone be fired by the next episode? Absolutely. Do you know who? Uh, I would, so I think the general way of trying to figure out who's going to get fired is either like who of the rumors swirled that Trump is pissed at or the flip is who is getting the most press. And so I would say Scott Pruitt is going to be on his way out soon because he's the, there seems to be growing press around his use of lobbyists, energy lobbyists and things like that. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, it's hard. Um, okay. Who, who are options? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with a lawyer, I think, maybe. Um, which lawyer do we have on the table in our cards? Uh, the only lawyer left on the, uh, well, you got Ty Cobb over on the White House mm-hmm. side of the fence. And then you've got uh, Jay, I know I'm murdering his last name, Jay Sikolo, who's his last lawyer on Mueller. Hmm. All right. And my other, t- and my other options are... Uh, Ben Carson, Francisky Sessions. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm going to go with John Kelly. I like it. Just don't. I'm just going for it. It feels right. Feels right. Sure. I mean, when we think about it again, uh, the McMaster thing just sort of happened. Like it was, yeah, it was barely a blip. So, you know, everything's possible now. It is true. All bets are off. And you can find out who wins this bet. Did we bet? Sure, we bet. On April 18th, when you come back for the next episode of Says Who. Oh, also, uh, Trump and Putin might meet. That oh, happened today. Oh, fuck right, that happened today. But only announced by the Kremlin, right? Jesus. Oh.
from my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. From my old bedroom in Philadelphia, I'm Blue Apron. This has been Says Who. I have been writing for so long, Dan, I think my brain is permanently broken. I am genuinely surprised I could make words to record this podcast. Well. I am not 100% sure that I'm wearing pants right now. It's good. It's okay. You didn't need... It's a podcast. Who needs pants?